Well, good morning and welcome to our communion service this morning. Our Sunday service is also available online via the YouTube and a recording is available afterwards on the website. Twilo telephone number 01294-444-201 and podcasting channels. The midweek Thursday service will be held as usual at half past ten and on the following Thursday, the 13th of July, it's Holy Communion. And you'll all be made very welcome. Our numbers are going down on a Thursday, and it's a lovely wee group that come to the church, so please come along on a Thursday. Care and Share run in conjunction with Chana, and is held in the big hall as usual on Friday at half past 12. Musical Memories last week, last Wednesday, was a great afternoon. It was held in event of, um, it was an special event in the aid of Marie Curie, and we raised 340 pounds, so well done. Well done to Mary. Um, the prayer group meets next Sunday after the service here in the church, and you're all very welcome. Our retiring collection today is for the Fabric Fund, so dig deep because John's looking for lots of money. <laughs> <laughs> Last Sunday, the death of Mrs. Gina Martin was intimated. Mrs. Martin's funeral will be held on Wednesday the 12th of July at 10 o'clock here in the church, thereafter the High Road Cemetery at 10.45. And it's with sadness I tell you this morning that Mrs Nancy McBride, Roger's wife, passed away. At the moment, there's no other details of any funeral arrangements. But we ask you to keep both these families in your prayers, not just today, but the coming weeks when it's hard for them. And finally, many of you will be aware of the ongoing discussions on the proposed four-way union of the churches of Adrosan and Salkas. In this situation, the regulation states that Nigel has to preach to all four congregations and be accepted as the Minister of the United Charge and Moderator of the Kirk Session. To keep matters simple, one service will be held for all four churches. So that's one service. All four churches will be together on Sunday the 16th of July at St Cuthbert's Church at 10.45. So Nigel will lead that service for us and everybody will be there together. So we strongly encourage you all to come along to attend um, not for the sake of just going to St Cuthbert's, but to give Nigel more support. And please be assured that any envelopes you bring that day will go in the plate for St Cuthbert's, but they will be returned to Kirkgate. That's everything. Thank you. Thank you, Margaret, and welcome to all of you. Um, and a good morning. Uh, because I see some very serious faces and some are smiling and some are trying their best. I want you to stand and if you're able to just stretch a hand of greetings to someone close to you and tell them the peace of the Lord be with you. Please turn to somebody next to you, not, not only to your wife or to your partner, but to those around you. Ah, well done, well done. As we gather ourselves, our hearts calming down, I would like to encourage you to rejoice in our hearts and out outwardly 
you know, putting it across to God, not to people. Uh, we don't perform to each other, but we raise our praise to God. Our souls find rest and security in God. And for that, I want to encourage you this morning to rejoice and be glad. If you have nothing to rejoice for or to give thanks to God for, give him thanks for this day. Give him thanks for the gift of life. So let's come before God as we rejoice. Let us worship him with gratitude and praise as we sing our first hymn, 462, The King of Love, My Shepherd Is. to God in prayer. Let us pray. 
loving God in this moment of prayer and adoration we lift our voices to praise you for you are the source of all love and acceptance we acknowledge that sometimes we may struggle to feel accepted and loved even within the walls of this sacred place we call church but we trust in your boundless compassion knowing that your love extends far beyond the limitations of human understanding help us oh god to recognize that each and every person gathered here is a precious and beloved child of yours and we gather in this kind that some are here present and some are watching from home or listening later on and for all those lord they are loved by you guide us to create a community where all feel welcomed and embraced regardless of their background appearance or circumstances may we be instruments of your love extending kindness compassion and acceptance to one another and to those we encounter loving god we also recognize that there are times when we may feel unworthy of your love and acceptance yet you remind us that your love knows no bounds and your grace is freely given to all help us to go out and to to go without any doubt or help us almighty god to wipe away all those insecurities instead we come into the warmth of your love knowing that we are fearfully and wonderfully mad in this time of worship we offer our prayers of gratitude and adoration for you are the author of life and the giver of all good things we thank you for the beauty of creation for the gift of community and for the love bestowed upon each and every one of us loving god hear our prayers as we seek to grow in our understanding of your love and in loving one another may our lives be a testament of your grace and may our actions reflect depth of your love merciful god we humbly acknowledge our shortcomings we confess our sins before you and in silence we each present our sins and we just whisper to you as we seek for your forgiveness in our arrogance we have sought to define and limit those worth of inclusion within your sacred church oh gracious father we repent of our narrow mindedness forgive us for attempting to play the role of judge in your love unending mercy we stand forgiven liberated and empowered as we embark on this sacred worship journey may we be united as one embraced by your love extending that love to each other so let it be in the name of your eternal power our lord and savior jesus christ who taught us when we pray together to say our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread 
and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you. Today we're going to read that passage we all know of. And I think some people will confuse John chapter 10 and Psalm 23. Who of you remember Psalm 23? What does it talk about? The Lord is my shepherd. And who of you remembers any section in John chapter 10? John chapter 10 talks about Jesus as the good shepherd. Now, I think sometimes it's very easy uh, to talk about a shepherd, especially in context of Psalm 23. But how many of you have been to, to, to the farms? To any farm? All right. You've all been, most of you have been to the farms. Uh, and which animals or which animals were kept in that farm? Sheep and cows. All right. So I've heard sheep and cows. I can just hear. I can raise your hand if you want to say something at least. Oh, sorry, I've been a teacher before, so sometimes that teaching part comes to, to me. Yes, Ian? Chicken. Chicken. All right. Yes, Pam? Pegs. All right. That's good. All right. Yes. All right. Dogs as well. All right. Great. Yes. Gods. Lovely. So when someone is said to be a shepherd, what does that mean? Does that mean that's the person who looks after dogs? Is that so? No, no, no. Okay. People said no, no. The head of the ship, all right. Okay, so if, if they're taking care of cows, what do you call that person? A what? A cowman. Okay. All right, if they take care of goats. God herder, all right. So, so, so to some degree you agree with me that a shepherd is someone who looks after sheep specifically. So I'm glad we, we, we cleared that up. And from your experience, have any one of you been a shepherd before? Or do you know anyone who has been a shepherd? Yes. All right. Are there any stories you've heard from shepherd? Oh, yes. Okay something you've heard, all right? So I want you to keep that at the back of your mind when we come to the reading of this passage because you, you do need to connect, don't you? Uh, and in the service, when you see me, I'm going to, use, to make use of my phone, so uh, bear that in mind. Don't think I'm trying to call God or something, but I'll be, I'll be making use of my phone in the service. There's a part that I'm going to be using the phone, so bear with me when we come to that part. But I pray that today when we leave this place, we'll have an understanding not only of how a shepherd works, 
but we have an understanding of how Jesus is a good shepherd to us. And if anything, um, if anything, when you walk out of this place today, my hope is that God would pour unto us in the singing, we are singing about the good shepherd. In the preaching, we're going to be preaching about the good shepherd. And even when we come to communion, it's the good shepherd who says, come, come and eat with me. So we're going to, to, to listen and we, you're most welcome as we are going to listen to this song.
going to give ourselves to God, our monies to God, our sorrows to God. And I invite you to remain seated as um, Stuart would show. He's been off for some time. Um, and the idea was to get his skills, you know, refined. So I'm hoping that he can give us a piece that takes us to praise. Uh, over to you, Stuart. Next time when uh, Stuart asks for time off, you need to give him double. Uh, we thank God for that. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before you with grateful hearts, acknowledging your abundant blessings in our lives. As we bring our offerings before you today, we do so with joy and a desire to honor you with our resources, with our time, with our talents. We recognize that everything we have comes from your generous hand and we are grateful for the opportunity to give back to you. Lord, we ask you that you would bless these offerings and use them for the advancement of your kingdom. May they be used to support and strengthen the work of sharing the gospel, providing for the need of others and spreading your love and grace throughout the world. May our giving be a reflection of our faith and a demonstration of our trust in your provision. As we turn our hearts to the reading of your word, we pray for illumination and understanding. Open our minds and hearts to receive the truths you have revealed in John chapter 10. Help us to grasp the depth, the depth of your love and significance of your of the power of Jesus as the good shepherd, the one who lays down his life for his sheep. May your word speak to us individually and collectively, guiding us in our daily lives and drawing us close to you. Lord, we also pray for those among us who, are, who may be facing challenges, struggles, or uncertainties. Come forth and strengthen them. 
O Lord, may you grant them assurance of your presence and guidance. May your word bring encouragement and healing and direction to those who are in need. We thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers and the, and the privilege of worshiping and gathering together in your name. May, be, may this time of offering and reading of your word be a source of our inspiration, transformation, and all that we need. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. John chapter 10, and we're going to be reading from verse 1 through to 16. Pam is going to, to lead in the reading. The John chapter 10, reading from verse 1, the parable of the shepherd. Jesus said, I am telling you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in some other way, is a thief and a robber. The man who goes in through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him. The sheep hear his name, hear his voice as he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. When he has brought them out, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow someone else. Instead, they will run away from such a person because they do not know his voice. Jesus told them this parable, but they did not understand what he meant. Jesus the Good Shepherd. So Jesus said again, I am telling you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All others who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever comes in by me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only in order to steal, kill and destroy. I have come in order that you might have life, life in all its fullness. I am the good shepherd who is willing to die for his sheep. When the hired man, who is not a shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees a wolf coming, he leaves the sheep and runs away. So the wolf scatters the sheep and scatters. So the wolf snatches the sheep and scatters them. The hired man runs away because he is only a hired man and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. As the Father knows me, and I know the Father. In the same way, I know my sheep, and they know me, and I am willing to die for them. There are other sheep which belong to me that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them too. They will listen to my voice, and they will become one flock with one shepherd. Amen, and may God add his blessing to this holy word. Thank you, Pam. We're going to stand to sing once again, You, Lord, are both lamb and shepherd.
please be seated. Now I've said this uh, earlier, we're talking about Jesus, the good shepherd. And I think it's very hard sometimes to try and help people to imagine that, to imagine a shepherd. And I want to invite you for a moment to reflect on the image of the shepherd, especially Jesus as the good shepherd. And in your imagination, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. And please do not close your ears. Open your eyes. Now I want you to imagine the vast rolling hills and you can hear those sounds and you can see the, 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 the sheep and of course you can also feel the gentle breeze if it's a mountainous place. You hear the peaceful sounds around and the shepherd stands there tending the flock. Picture the sheep, each one of them known by name. They are safe, they are secure. They are under the watchful of a caring shepherd. I must confess that in our fast-paced, often chaotic world, the image of a shepherd is very hard and quite distant from many of us. It's unfamiliar for some of us. Yet the truth is that we all long for someone, for someone to guide us, someone to protect us, someone to bring healing to us. We yearn for the shepherd who knows us ultimately, who sees our brokenness and calls us by name and, and almost encourage us as we go along in this life. And I'm not afraid to say, you do have a good shepherd in Jesus Christ. Jesus, the good shepherd. He is what we long for. And he does fulfill that role of a good shepherd. So in the Gospel of John, we encounter a beautiful portrait of a good shepherd. And I've tried by all means to prepare your mind in terms of what to expect and maybe to some degree what to imagine as you think of Jesus as a good shepherd. Maybe I could add more. The deep love. The unwavering protection. The remarkable healing that comes sometimes with bandaging. John chapter 10, we have read. And I want to encourage you not only to imagine the good shepherd, but to remember you do have a good shepherd. And let me take you back with that image of a good shepherd, back to chapter 8 and 9, we have looked at the past, the past few weeks. In John chapter 8, we, we met a woman caught in adultery. 
And I want you to see once again in John chapter 8, a good shepherd. And how do you see a good shepherd there? You have Jesus forgiving and restoring that woman, reflecting the role of a good shepherd who seeks, not only seeking after those who are lost, but he rescues them. And you may remember very well in chapter 8 when Jesus said to that woman, where are they? I do not condemn you, but go and sin no more, he said. That's a good shepherd. Last week we looked at chapter 9, the healing of a blind man. And it shows yet another symbolism of blindness and sight, illustrating Jesus, the role of a good shepherd who brings spiritual sight and transformation. And you remember how God finally met this man face to face when he could see. And he pleaded with Jesus, tell me about the Lord. And when Jesus had explained few things to him, he was broken and yet broken in the sense of humility and he fell down on his knees and he began to worship the good shepherd, Jesus Christ. That's where we left at last week. So we back to chapter 10 and the question I want to, to ask you this morning is, do you really know the shepherd? Do you have a relationship with this shepherd? The verses we read teach us that Jesus possesses certain qualities and that qualify him to be called the good shepherd. And maybe in the next few minutes, I want to bring that back to mind as we reflect on three aspects of Jesus as the good shepherd. And, and perhaps at the end of the day, you would say to yourself or between you and God, yes, I know who this good shepherd is. Or yes, I've got a good relationship with this good shepherd. Or maybe you would say, well, there is a short-sightedness in my heart or in, in how I view this good shepherd. So the three things I want to look at this morning is number one, Jesus possesses the right credentials. Because if you want to know one thing that people are often so worried and so concerned about, it is do you have the right credentials? I've had so many times in conversations with people who would say, oh, well, you're a pastor. Oh, fine and fair and fine. Are you qualified for it? And sometimes it's one of the hardest questions to answer because it's not about your degree, the ultimate thing when it comes to being a pastor is about the calling. And I'm sure if any one of you, you go to a new doctor and then they ask saying, how do you think, if they ask you to say, how do you think we can cure you or we can help you to get better? You would start to ask, what are your credentials, by the way? So that's the first thing. The second thing is, I want you to see in this passage that Jesus possesses the right character of a good shepherd. And then lastly, he possesses the right concern of a good shepherd. So let's begin with the first one, the right credentials. 
Now, Jesus used the idea of a sheepfold to explain his message in a simpler way here. And I want you to imagine a secular wall about 10 feet tall with only one opening, like a door. So it's, it's a secular wall, very big, maybe bigger than this, this church. And there's one opening or something that would be equivalent to a door. That's a sheepfold. So at night, the sheep would be brought into that sheepfold and the shepherd would lie in the opening of that very round and 10 feet or 15 feet tall. So the shepherd lies down there. And the idea is this. Whatever wants to get to the sheep has to pass through the shepherd. Do you get the picture? So this is like Jesus. Nothing could come in or go out unless the shepherd is involved. And Jesus wanted to teach his listeners that only thieves and robbers would try to enter the sheepfold in any other way than through the door. The shepherd, on the other hand, always enters the right way, which is through the door. And in fact, we we got the image there of Jesus trying to explain to us that no one goes in and out unless the shepherd gives permission or opens the door. In other words, since he was lying there, he would be standing and actually getting to give way to the sheep. So Jesus came. How did Jesus come? He came through the right way. Do you remember how he came into this world? He was born of a virgin, as it is foretold in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, and confirmed in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21 through to 23. He was born from a virgin, Mary. He was born in Bethlehem as prophesied by Micah in Micah chapter 5 verse 2 and confirmed again in Matthew chapter 2 verse 4 through to 6. He possesses the right credentials. Not only was, was he born of a virgin and confirmed to have been born in Bethlehem, he came at the appointed time in the fullness of time, according to Galatians 4, verse 4. He was brought out of Egypt, fulfilling the prophecy of Hosea chapter 11, verse 1, which confirmed, is confirmed again in Matthew. So did you see, the, there's quite a lot of things that we can see in the Old Testament and in the New Testament that confirms a, a lot about Jesus. His arrival stirred the, the rage of enemies just as it was told in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 15, when they predicted that when he comes, there will be a rage. So he was the right person, born in the right place, arriving at the right time, summoned from the right country. He, he came from God. He was God. He possessed all the credentials necessary to prove that he is the good shepherd. 
want to pause again and, and ask you a question. Have you ever marveled at the unique bond between a shepherd and his sheep? Picture a vast field with multiple flocks glazing, grazing there and amidst that chaos, a shepherd comes and whistles or he calls the sheep by names and they begin to roar towards the shepherd. That's how unique Jesus is. Now, some of you, you come in pairs and, and triplets and, and, and you name it. You come as a family when, it, when you come to church. But guess what? Each and every one of you has been called. Well, of course, I know some just end up coming to church. But each and every one of you is known by this good shepherd. And he knows you by name. And he invites you to come every day. And you're faithful in coming. So I want you to reflect on that kind of a relationship. And I want to ask you, are you well attuned to the voice of the shepherd? Are you well attuned to him? Do you spend enough time with him? I don't mean do you spend enough time at church. Do you spend enough time studying his word and familiarizing with the word of this shepherd? Are you able to discern when Jesus speaks and when other, other hired servants speak? In John chapter 10, verse 4 to 5, Jesus teaches that when the shepherd calls his sheep, they instinctively follow him. Unlike God's, Sheep don't need to be driven, they follow. I've, I've heard, funny enough, I had a very good opportunity with goats, with cows, and you name it. I never had very close interaction with sheep. In fact, for those who, who have told me, good shepherds, or shepherds in general have told me that, oh, sheep are a different caliber. They operate differently. And we are all different, aren't we? Some of us are hard to convince. Some of us are hard to tame. In John chapter 10, verse 6 to 8, Jesus possesses the right character and identifies himself as the door. In ancient times, there was only one entrance and the shepherd would lie in that opening, effectively becoming the door. And this signifies that nothing could enter or exit the sheepfold without going through the shepherd. In verses 9 to 10, Jesus promises a better life for his followers. He contrasts himself with a thief who only seeks personal gain and disregard the welfare of the sheep. But the good shepherd cares about his sheep. He cares deeply about us. Encountering Jesus brings about a transformative change. When he enters into your life, it cannot remain the same because 
he possesses the very character that is required, that is needed. He gives us the ability to live a life better. And do you have that ability today? Do you possess the right character as a good sheep? Whether some people would classify you good or bad sheep, that's a different story for a different day. But I wish to encourage you to know that you've got Jesus as a good shepherd who has the right credentials and the right character. That leads me to the last point. He possesses the right concern. In verses 11 to 13, his concern is proven by his sacrifice. Jesus has proven that he is the good shepherd because he saw the danger that the sheep were in and did not run away, but did everything in his power to save them. We were destined for the worst. And Jesus saw all that. He didn't run, but he decided to stand, to stand to save us. The Bible says that people are like wayward sheep. We find that in Isaiah 56, 53 verse 6. This waywardness or sin that is in us leads to a sense of separation between us and God. However, Jesus did something to change that. Since God sent Jesus, the Godhead, the three in one, sent Jesus to us, he came to pay for our dirt that we can be able to be liberated. So Jesus stands in for us today. He proves to each and every one of us today that I care so much for you. And how does he do that? He came down from heaven, was born of human flesh. Then after a sinless life, he died on a cross taking the place of every sinner who could not save him or herself. And Jesus has done that so that you and I can stand firm and say, I'm not alone. I've got someone who, is, who cares for me. In verse 14, his concern is proven by his sheep. Isn't that interesting? May I remind you this morning that God, the good shepherd knows his sheep. He knows everything there is to know about you. He knows every strength and every weakness that you and I possess. And I think this is, this is towards something that is very powerful for us to take home with us. This is how concerned he is that you are so known inside out that no matter what you try to do to pretend you know i i'm getting to a point where i think i know my children the two boys and i and I'm, I'm i'm putting it right i think i know them but there are so many times when i'm disappointed because i think oh I, I'm, I'm sure you know i i watch as a father and I watch these boys, well, for the, for the younger one, the two-year-old one, I, I can understand. But for the nine-year-old one, I, I watch and, and I, there's a sense in me 
that sometimes I stand from a distance and almost wants to say to other people, watch him. And as I say that, I'm disappointed because he does the exactly, exactly the opposite of what I thought he would do. And when that happens, then I realize, oh my goodness, I, I, don't, I don't have a connection whatsoever. Now his concern, Jesus Christ, his concern is proven by his sheep. And I hope you grasp this. Because the sheep do not have to pretend. They don't have to pretend because they know that the shepherd knows me inside out. Even when I try new tricks, he knows me inside out. And the question today for you and I is this. Do we prove Jesus right in him being the good shepherd? Do we, do we prove him right in what we say and what we do and how we do it and when we are in our dark corners or very light corners when nobody else is seeing us? Do we prove that about our good shepherd? Or does he watch us from a distance and, and get to do like I do when I watch my son making the very mistakes and even the things that I've taught him before or not only taught him, I've watched him do right before. He just does the exact opposite. Are we like that? Do we reflect a sense of no relationship whatsoever to this divine Good shepherd. In case you forget, he knows every victory that you have heard. He knows every weakness about you. So much that he cheers you up. And sometimes he, he encourages you and say, go for it, my boy. Go for it, my girl. I know you can do it. Sometimes he provides the strength, the very strength that we need. And Oh, dear Lord, sometimes we just miss it. Like my little boy, I'm saying about this because he's not here. Please <laughs> do not tell him. Do you know this shepherd? He longs for you. He desires a personal relationship with you every second. This is how he cares. This is how he proves to be the right good shepherd. He distinguishes himself from false shepherds. Sometimes he whispers so loudly that even those who don't belong to the sheepfold will act in the right way when you, the sheep of this shepherd, will ignore the voice of the shepherd. This is how unwavering this is how unwavering his commitment to you and I is like. Now as his followers, we are called to show, to share his love, to show his love, to share his redemption, to surrender our lives to his care. May we find assurance in his protection, in his comfort, in his presence and hope because he's just willing. And John portrays for us a good picture here. He says, here is a good shepherd who cares enough about us.
I want to challenge you as I close. Let us carry the message of this good shepherd to a world in need, discerning and rejecting counterfeit voices. As his flock, let us unite in love, in unity, embracing the words that we hear from this loving shepherd every day. In case you forget, go back and read your Bible. Go back and read. That's why we record this. This, this services every now and then, it's not so much because some of the songs we sing, they remind us he's a good shepherd. And sometimes as well, please, when you engage with this, come back to me and give us feedback and say, oh, you could have used this other song. This, when I was meditating, this is what I got from it. Because that's the idea. We are here to be anchored once again by the word of God so that when we go out in the world, in the mission field we are ready to watch out for other sheep that are ready to come along not here physically in the church but within the kingdom of god i think i've said enough the lord help you and empower you to remember that he does possess the right credentials the right character and the right kind of care that we need Amen. There is a wilderness in God's mercy. We sing 187. Please be seated. Let us pray. God of love, thank you 
Thank you that we can approach you in prayer no matter what the situation is and that we can do so without anxiety or fear. We thank you that you never abandon us and never will. You are a good shepherd. And this world of uncertainty where many people are searching for their identity and purpose, we humbly come before you. We acknowledge that many individuals feel lost, not knowing their origins, their place of belonging or their destination. We pray that amidst their uncertainty, they may find solace, stability, and acceptance through the words and actions of those they encounter. And hopefully they encounter some of us so that at least we can, together with them, reflect the love of God. Lord, we ask you that you inspire and empower us to be vessels of your love and grace. To those who are seeking, may you, may they find you. May our words be filled with kindness, compassion, and understanding providing a source of comfort and reassurance. Help us to extend a welcoming hand, embracing others with open hearts so that they may feel valued, accepted, and loved. Grant us the wisdom to recognize the needs of those around us and the courage to respond with empathy and support. Help us to be patient listeners, willing to share in the burdens and struggles of others. Guide us to offer words of encouragement, hope and guidance, especially to those who are searching for meaning and direction. Father, we pray for families and relationships, strengthen marriages, restore broken bonds, and mend strained friends. Pour out your love and forgiveness upon those who are struggling that they may experience reconciliation and restoration. Give parents wisdom as they raise children and help us all to be examples of your love and grace. We ask for your provision and guidance for those who are facing financial difficulties. Open doors of opportunities, provide employment for the unemployed and bless the efforts of those seeking to provide their families with something. Teach us to be good stewards of the resources you've entrusted to us and use them for your glory. Lord, we pray for your church, both locally and globally. Unite us in love and purpose that we may be a shining light in a dark world. Strengthen pastors, leaders, elders, deacons, pastoral care team members, missionaries as they proclaim your gospel. Empower us with your Holy Spirit that we may be bold witnesses of your truth and grace. Finally, we pray for ourselves, Lord. You know us inside out. You know our weak bodies, you know our weaknesses, you know when we pretend you know, you know everything, nothing can be hidden from you. Reveal any areas of sin or unbelief and grant us the strength and, and courage to repent and turn back to you. Fill us with your Holy Spirit that we may walk in obedience and live lives that honor and glorify you. 
we offer these prayers in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who lives and reigns in our lives, the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Brothers and sisters, we read in scriptures the gracious invitation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to the table in which he says, come, come to me. His son, God's son, Jesus Christ, before he died, he invited his friends, those he loved, and said, come, let us dine together. In the scriptures, the apostle Paul almost encourages and warns us to come to the table. He warns us that we need to examine our hearts as we come. And as the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, I take these elements of bread and wine to be set apart from all common uses to this holy use and mystery. And as he gave thanks and blessed the elements of bread and wine, we also draw near to God to bless these elements of bread and wine. We're going to sing together hymn 655 for your generous providing.
Please be seated. We draw near to God in prayer. Shall we pray together? Eternal God, for your glory fills the whole earth. Our purpose in coming before you is to praise, to bless, and to adore you. We are forever grateful for Jesus who came to lift us up and to restore your image within us so that we may reflect your unchanging glory. We give thanks for the scriptures and how they recorded the life of Jesus from the prophecies that foretold his hardships to his perfect example, his death on the cross, his resurrection from the grave, his ascension to your right hand and the sending of your Holy Spirit to lead us into all truths and deepen our love for Christ. As we gather at his table, we are reminded of Christ's sacrificial death on the cross, taking the punishment that was meant for us and becoming the spotless lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We are honored to present ourselves at his table to remember him and to declare before the world that it is through Jesus Christ alone that we are justified, forgiven, redeemed, and have received eternal life. All this we pray for and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, when he had given thanks, he took bread and he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body, which is for you. Take it in remembrance of me. In the same way after supper, he took the cup and said, this is a new covenant sealed in my blood. Whenever, and I love this part, whenever you eat this bread, and drink this cup, you proclaim the death and the resurrection of Christ until he comes again, whenever. Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim anew that he's not dead, he's alive. Friends, test and see that the Lord is good, the body of Christ broken for you.
us pray. God our Father, we thank you for permitting us to take part in your holy mysteries. Through the working of your Holy Spirit, we, we continue to live for Christ and we turn our fears to freedom. Lord, help us to live for you. May the strength of Christ lead us in our living through whatever of joy and of sorrow that awaits us. To our Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be glory, praise forever. Amen. It's a declaration. This song is a declaration we each make today as we close our service. And we say, to God be the glory.
and give him the glory. Great things he has done. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and present us faultless before our living God, be glory, praise, and honor. The blessing of God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon each and every one of you today and all the days to come.